0: It was my very first day at CVS, mm-hmm. and I went to that stupid-ass four-hour training class they make you go to, Uh huh. and then I it was like, okay, I'll get lunch, because I had to do the four-hour class, and then I was supposed to work another, like, six hours or something to get my 45 hours for the week. Yeah. Um, so I went to Chipotle. Ate, oh. Ate Chipotle, because hmm. Chipotle's good, and it was on the way, and then I worked my shift, and halfway through my shift, I started to get, like, stomach cramps, but I felt like maybe my belt was too tight, or, like, just something stupid i didn't hurt yeah so i'm at home this is when we lived on blackamoor by the way okay yeah and i go upstairs and i'm having a beer sitting on the computer just sitting there like you know minding my own business and like the stomach cramps kind of went away and then all of a sudden i thought i had to like really go to the bathroom uh-huh so i'm like okay let me go take care of this <laughs> okay so i go to the bathroom <laughs> nothing and then like right when i sit down I get these extreme cramps in my stomach, like mm-hmm. pain I had never experienced in my life. It was probably mm-hmm. like the equivalent of period cramps, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Go ahead.
0: Um, it was literally the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. So mm-hmm. I'm like Googling, I type in exactly what I'm feeling childbirth. The only thing that comes up, it doesn't say like cancer, doesn't say Ebola, any of the other crazy stuff that comes up. It literally just said childbirth. And I was like, well, this is the only time Google's ever told me I wasn't dying. Yeah. So clearly I'm giving birth to a child. I'm texting David. I'm like, you need to come home. (laughs) Messiah (laughs) is about to be born. (laughs)
2: This is a miracle birth. It's like
0: Miranda Sings, the the fucking, (laughs) not Virgin Miranda, but the fucking miracle Miranda, right? Yes. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm like, where is this baby going to come out of? Something's about oh, to get well <laughs> <place>. <laughs> I'm like, something's about to get real bloody. This is gonna be so painful. Um, but then I threw up and it was yellow foam and then ah. I passed out in the bathtub and uh-huh. I woke up and I was better.
2: Was I home? I don't know. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was delusional at that point. I don't know <laughs> what I don't know what was real.
2: I okay, so I just feel like the fact that you ate Chipotle should have been your first clue because that's a well known fact that Chipotle gives you awful diarrhea and makes you sick. I mean, but I didn't have diarrhea. You had stomach cramps, I would assume.
0: Yeah, but it was it was bad. It was pain I never experienced before.
2: All right, so <laughs> Paul gave birth uh, in his bathroom. <laughs> um,
0: I really thought I was dying.
2: It was to the Antichrist, so probably so. It probably when you threw up, it probably went down the drain, and now it's out there living in in our sewers and it's gonna come that's why trump got elected that's why probably that's right. sorry everybody yeah thanks paul <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but yeah that's my story
2: thank you good so good good story <laughs> welcome queer <Queer-tions. laughs> this is an episode of your queer story i am your host evan jones and i'm your host paul hobbs And we are so happy to be recording another episode for you. We hope you enjoyed our opening story time. Um, I
0: thought it was pretty good. It was from the heart, and I just thought you would like to know that story. I just
2: thought you would want to know about his bowel movements.
0: There were no bowel movements.
2: All right, whatever. Your vomit. Your Chipotle story. I feel like there's a lot of Chipotle stories out there like that. Yeah,
0: I probably could have sued and got a lot of money, but you, I didn't. Oh,
2: I don't think so. I think uh, Chipotle has an ironclad, like, they probably thing have it now. on their
0: door. Like, <laughs> if you eat here, you're probably gonna if get sick. If you food walk poisoning. in
2: this door, you're gonna get sick. We cannot be sued.
0: You know what? I still eat Chipotle
2: though. Of course, that's how, <laughs> that's how everybody that eats Chipotle is. Like, <laughs> exactly.
0: I just keep going back. So this episode is brought to you by our patrons, and we would like to give a special shout-out to The Knight's Wishing Well by Michael Finlang.
2: Um, it's a super cute fairy tale that's got a lot of queer characters and queerness mixed in with it, so you should check it out. Buy it for someone young in your life or someone who's young at heart. Uh, we were talking about last episode how a guy burned a bunch of... Uh, queer children's books at from the local library because he was mad that they were doing a drag story hour so you can always piss off a conservative by buying this book and donating it to your local library so they can read it at their drag story hour
0: give it to a family
2: member for christmas that's right even if they don't want it send it to them (laughs) six bucks
0: on amazon prime you get it in two days And it's a perfect time to buy it right before
2: Christmas. Yes. And to the rest of our Patreons, we just want to say thank you for continuing to contribute. I finally figured out YouTube, which means that I figured out how to load our videos to a venue so that we can put them on our Patreon. So they're private on YouTube. If you're not a Patreon, there's some videos that you won't be able to see. But if you become a Patreon for only $3 a month, you could see our exclusive content which includes my latest transition videos. Um
0: little challenges that we plan on doing eventually now that
2: things have slowed
0: down because we had a really <laughs> exactly. crazy two months. And uh,
2: now that I actually can figure things out because that helps that I can put the it on there and then all you have to do is link it so that I, I can help Paul with the videos rather than him having to do all the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice.
2: Yeah. Um, and just other
0: little things that we'll throw up there.
2: Yeah, I think you... Were you going to do a vlog? Or... Yeah, I was
0: thinking about doing a little like um, health vlog. I'm working on my health right now, doing mm-hmm. a lot of yoga. So maybe just some more personal updates and things yeah. like that.
2: Also, a lot of people don't know that Paul... Uh, lost a lot of weight a few years ago, right around the time that we first met. And so he has a lot of experience with... 95
0: pounds, actually. So I lost 95 pounds, gained like 30 back just because I got in a relationship for four years. And like, that's what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But now I'm losing it again. So in total, like, Mm -hmm. plus the weight I gained and re-lost, I've lost um, 115 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So if
2: you need help, I'm also pretty good at losing weight, so... Yeah, Paul has a, a really cool transformation story that he doesn't talk enough about anymore. So maybe follow us on Patreon. You can do $3, you can do $5, you can do $20 if you really want to donate to the arts. And uh, you can see his personal vlog, my transition videos, all the other little videos that we put up, and other content that we're slowly linking. Um, and so check that out. And...
0: We have hit over 4,000 downloads, so yes. that means a lot to us, and every time you hit that download or share our podcast on your social media, you help us make the world a little more queer. So thank you all very much for everything you've done, and we really appreci- appreciate your continued listenerage listenership listenership there you go that's yeah. a better word i always add an edge to the end to make it Whatever, sound better yeah <laughs> and uh remember you can find us on any form of social media at your queer story
2: yeah and we've had a lot of new followers in the last uh couple weeks so thank you to our new followers uh twitter and facebook are where we're most active we're getting active on instagram again with but on instagram we just like to post like people's stories and their um, and their picture. So if you want to send us your story and your picture on Instagram or through uh, one of our other forms of social media, you can. But um, I think that's that's about it. So
0: um, by the well, way, the rally on the third, yes. went extremely well.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, I will load it up on our Facebook page and see if Paul can tell me how I could put a link on our website, your Um There is a article. Someone filmed the entire rally and then there's an article where the person is really cool they took each speech and they broke it up. Um, it's also on YouTube but you can watch individual speeches so we had several speakers and they were all really good um, but yeah I'll post that there it's really good if you missed a rally I know there's a lot all over the country the last two weeks um, so if you didn't get to go to one you can look from the uh, comfort of your home. there is one video that's up on our that was live on our uh, Facebook. Your Queer Story, Um, and it's Ethan Huckle. He's the uh, president of the TGI Network. That's a trans network out here in Rhode Island, and he spoke. He was really good. He explained the memo and, like, how it would affect the trans community. So the rally went really good, and uh, that was my big part of the weekend. I was going to ask you what you did this weekend. My big thing was, like, getting the rally. We had an after party afterwards, and then at Saturday night, Samantha and I went to a fundraiser for... The Special Olympics, so I was very busy all weekend.
0: So my weekend was pretty simple. I, I attended the rally, mm-hmm. um, and then we bought Magic the Gathering cards, which you know nothing about, but nope. it's a trading card game. <laughs> and <laughs> is uh, that, what that that yeah. box is over there? <laughs> it's <laughs> a oh, lot of gosh. fun, mm-hmm. and I whooped David's ass, because mm-hmm. he thought he was going to be slick, but no, that's not how it works.
2: No. So, wow. All right,
0: well, I just have one more question. What? Is this the real life? Huh? Is this just fantasy? Is this is this a queen caught in a landslide? Oh wow! I'm
2: so sorry. Just all the nerds from that magic game is just seeping into him. So we are going to be talking about Freddie Mercury,
0: and this is going to be a really fun episode.
2: Yes, a lot of. I was very impressed. I didn't know much about. The band Queen or Freddie Mercury before this. Did you know?
0: Did you ever listen to Bohemian Rhapsody before this? Yes, I had
2: heard it. Yes, like well, that's the thing. When I
0: wait, I have to ask. Did you hear it while you were in church?
2: Of course, I didn't hear it in church. Okay, I was
0: gonna say because if you heard it while you were in church, you probably would have thought it was like a satanic ritual or something because of the way
2: the music is. No, no, no. I'd never heard of it in church. In fact, I was convinced I didn't know any songs by the band Queen until I started doing the research and I was like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. Like, I knew all these songs. <laughs> I had heard them since leaving the cult church. But at the time, I, I, I don't know anything about <laughs> pop culture. So um, so let us take you on a journey to Stonetown, Zanzibar, now part of Tasne- Tasmania, not Tasmania, Tasmania, an East African country that borders Uganda and Kenya. This so-called town is actually a mere province of Zanzibar City, one of the biggest tourist attractions of Tasmania. There are many reasons for a person to love Stonetown, from the medieval architecture to centuries of history to the beautiful art. However, one of our favorite things about Stonetown may be what happened on September 5th, 1946, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born. And his name was Farrakh Bolsara, aka Freddie Mercury, aka the Messiah.
0: Jesus was born. Is that his third coming or his fourth?
2: Uh that was his third. Because he came and then he left. And then he came back again, like a little sneak peek of like, ah, I'm not really dead. After seven days, right? Yes, uh, forty days, I think. Four? You know, you know no, I don't he know. Was, he was behind that rock for like three days. He was, he died, but no, but they saw him quickly, and then he came he back just, forty he, days he was, later. He so was, this is actually his fourth. He injury. snuck a
0: little peek. He like looked out like, I'm here, everybody. <laughs> he like he, he was door.
2: leaving, and he ran into Mary. And he pretended to be the gardener because for some reason Mary couldn't tell. That, that, that he was her. Was son. Just <laughs> He's, like, He's only been dead for three days, bitch! I don't know. I already forgot. Mary <laughs> didn't know it was him, and then she was like, "Oh my god!" When he disappeared in front of her, she's like, "Oh my god, that must be Jesus." And then forty. <laughs> I days didn't recognize later, my own son. Exactly. No, no. This was Mary Magdalene. The um, there's another the Mary. woman. Uh, yes. Is that the that's the that's the whore so called that people speculate? Well. Some non-conservatives speculate had a relationship with Jesus, but um, conservatives get really mad if you even insinuate that Jesus could have possibly had sex with somebody. Now I have some more ammunition. Exactly. Right. So,
0: but <laughs> Bring that up every time somebody tries to debate Yeah.
2: It. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a whole thing about Mary Magdalene, but she was different. So there was Mary, the mother of Jesus, then there was Mary Magdalene. Everybody was meaning Mary in the Bible. Everyone. Mary, Peter, Paul, everybody. They're all the same fucking three names. <laughs> <laughs> anyways um mm.
0: here. right here oh. farak was born to parsi or persian immigrants bomi and Jair. his parents had traveled to the british controlled india where his father had landed a job as a clerk at the british colonial office the job took the bulls to zanzibar in 1946 when farak was born However, he would return to India a few years later when his parents sent him off to boarding school at an early age. Farrakh was enrolled in St. Peter's School for Boys, a British Catholic boarding school in Panchkani, India. He began piano lessons at seven years old and instantly fell in love with music. Also, if I mispronounce anything in another yes like language I'm sorry i can I can barely speak English so yes I, <laughs> I, I try my best it
2: is our biggest fault as pod- podcasters if we could just have one extra person that knew how to interp- knew how to read we, we just <laughs> don't i everything is good it's just i don't know it's it's p a n c h g a n i India I don't know. But that was the uh, town that he went, or or the city he went to boarding school in. So by the age of 12, Farrakh had formed a school band called The Hectics, which is actually a cute name. That is really cute. Yeah. They could have went big. They could have. He was 12, but yeah.
0: (laughs) It's Freddie Mercury. I'm sure he was...
2: I'm sure he was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, Not ridiculous, but like in a good way. Mm -hmm. So he was obsessed with Western pop music and was able to simply hear a song on the radio and play it back on the piano
0: that's talent
2: it was also around this time that he, Farak began to call himself freddy in middle school his parents transferred him to st mary's in mumbai india a strict jesuit boarding school it seems his parents were limited in their options for schooling being of middle eastern descent while they practice a monotheistic religion they were oh.
0: zoroastrian
2: <laughs> zoroastrianism
0: <laughs> that's because it's ism at the end
2: i love that we we say Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 no. I love that we can't, we hear it and we're so like,
1: Zoroastrian.
2: <laughs> I don't, alright, this is a really slow video. Whoever did I know, that, it like loads all the way into the very They do this end. whole like spin circle on the front.
1: Zoroastrianism.
2: Zoroastrianism. Not Catholic.
1: Zoroastrianism.
2: Zoroastrianism,
0: Zoroastrian. So- this is why we never learned a second language. We both attempted and it did not work.
2: I attempted two and I couldn't do it. So you got it. It's the Zoroastrians.
0: Which I'm going to... Sorry, I know we've been talking uh-huh. for a long time, but yes. that's one of the biggest things that pisses me off when somebody comes to, our, comes to America and has broken English and somebody uh-huh. will like make fun of them and be like, why don't you speak English? Right. Oh, excuse me, they fucking learned another language. Can you learn another exactly. language? Exactly.
2: Can you even say Zoroastrians? Because if not, then you can't be shitting on people about how they can't speak English, okay? Yeah, so Zoroastrianism... It's a much older belief system and actually an early influencer of most monotheistic religions, such as Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. However, by the time Freddie was born, Zoroastrianism I'm so glad I put this word in here so many times had been overrun by Islam and Christianity. Though his parents continued to practice this to their faith, most of his outside influences were based in Roman Catholicism.
0: Okay, as Freddie thrived in school abroad, tensions in Zanzibar were mounting. The controlling political party was was composed mostly of Arabs, while the majority of citizens were African. Despite the African Shirazi Party, ASP, winning the popular vote in 1963, the Arab minority continued to rule Zanzibar. In January of 1964, the ASP led over 600 revolutionaries to overthrow the government, On the morning of the 12th, after disabling all local police and military, the ASP overcame 200 years of Arab rule. The estimates... In death toll range from a few hundred to twenty thousand, so they don't have any kind of accuracy. At all.
2: <laughs> they don't. It was like like I've never seen anything so lopsided. They're like some people are like it was a couple hundred, and some people are like it was twenty thousand. <laughs> I think it was both the extreme sides. Like mm-hmm. the ASP was trying to downplay it, like we only killed a couple hundred people, and the Arabs were trying to upplay it, like they killed thousands. It really it seems that there were a couple thousand people they'll kill because they were targeting the ASP, the African. Sh- sh- Shirazi Party, were targeting not only um, Arabs, they were also targeting Indians, basically anyone who wasn't African. But they had been, like, it was an African country that was under...
0: So they were, like, freeing themselves, basically. Yeah, they were, yeah. Yeah. So. So. (laughs) It is safe to say that several thousand Arabs and Indians were killed, and this was a bloody and terrifying time for Zanzibar residents. Because of this, Freddie's family fled... Oh. (laughs) say that that
2: five times fast
0: because of this freddy's family (laughs) i can't do it you can do it because of this freddy's family fled to england he was 17 years
2: old (laughs) should have mixed that up Freddie's family (laughs) left for england freddy's loved ones fled okay the Balsaras <laughs> settled in Feltham, Middlesex, England. I don't understand England because everything is three. You know how, like, here we'll have, like, Providence, Rhode Island. But, but I guess... Providence, Rhode Island, USA. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Just got that. I, I was typing <laughs> things out. I was like, why are there so many goddamn words? <laughs> okay. So, in Feltham, Middlesex, <laughs> in England, and Freddie enrolled in the West Thames College to study art. He later transferred to Ealing Technical College and School of Art, where he graduated with a degree in graphic art and design in 1969. After graduating, he joined a variety of bands in London, singing all over the city, and selling second hand clothing at the Kensington Market. He was a hustler. He was, yeah. Around, well, like a lot of art students, right? You, you have gotta to be. make some money. <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. Around this time, he would meet the first love of his life, Mary Austin. Freddie and Mary had a unique relationship which would last the rest of his life. It began with love. They dated for several years, even getting engaged in 1973, and lived together while Freddie got his career off the ground.
0: Freddie would go on to write a song about Austin in 1975 titled Love of My Life from the Queen's album A Night at the Opera. Years later in an interview, Freddie would say about Mary, All my lovers asked me why they couldn't replace Mary but it's simply impossible the only friend i've got is mary and i don't want anybody else to me she was my common law wife to me it was a marriage we believe in each other that's enough for me oh that's really sweet yeah but also sucky if you were after mary cuz like <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah, right>, you <everyone>, literally <laughs> like okay no one can com- it's just him basically be like no one compares to mary um, Alright, well, that was like 20 fucking years yeah. ago, so... We've been
0: married for three years, can we get our... Get can, you, get maybe,
2: it. like... Can you just, love me? <laughs> it's just that Mary was so great. But then why don't you just marry Mary?
0: <laughs> so you may wonder why the two didn't just get married for real. The truth is, Freddie had a secret, which he revealed to Mary in December of 1976. Freddie was bisexual.
2: As Freddie's relationship with Mary continued to deepen, he struggled to find a band that worked for the, his style of music and that people okay. wanted to <laughs> and that people wanted to hear perform. In April of 1970, he teamed up with drummer Roger Taylor and guitarist Brian May. Brian had been part of a band called Smile, which was somewhat popular, but then it suddenly disbanded in 1970. Brian, Roger and Freddie Brian, Roger, and Freddie were still missing one component, and found it a year later in bassist John Dinkin. The band played. uh, uh, The band picked up a contract with Trident Studios, though the studio was hesitant when Freddie chose the name Queen. But Freddie would not back down. He later stated, "It's very regal, obviously, and it sounds splendid. It's a strong name, very universal and immediate." I was certainly aware of the gay connotations, but that was just one facet of it.
0: I like that you do a better gay voice than I do. Well, okay. I think you have to do an act, and mine is just like natural, so I like try to act <laughs> I think
2: I'm I mean being a stereotype, and you're just being a gay man. So, that's probably what it is. But it sounds accurate, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Um, there's actually a good documentary that's called Do I Sound Gay on Netflix. and might still be there. You should check it out. I, I wonder, wonder what it is. What
0: is it that like makes...
2: This whole idea, I only got halfway through the documentary, but that's exactly what the guy' is doing. He's like, "I don't understand why, like when I get around a bunch of gay men, we all sound like a bunch of like high pitched hyenas, and I don't get it. And so <laughs> he does this whole thing where he like goes and searches it out, but I didn't get through the hmm. end, so I don't know why. But do I sound gay? anyways, but yeah, but it was Freddie Freddie did have to fight for that name because Trident was like, "No, you can't do
0: the name Well you know at least he fucking did it because he mm-hmm. like it's iconic now
2: exactly like I don't know what else it could have been there's no like I didn't find It could any have been smile. It could have been smile <laughs> and who wants to be like rocking out the smile? No one.
0: <laughs> Around this time Freddie also legally changed his last name from Bulsara to Mercury. He also put his graphic arts degree to work and designed the infamous Queen's Crest or Queen's logo. The band released the first album Queen by Queen in <laughs> 1973. A fresh mix of rock and heavy metal While critics loved the perfect blend of vocals and instruments, the fan base of Queen was small. The following year, the band released Queen 2. They're really creative with this. Yeah, right. You could tell he got a degree in, like, design and not, like, marketing or, like, naming. (laughs) Like, like,
2: Freddie, we gotta come up with another name. (laughs) Why? I love the name. It's great. (laughs) Queen. Okay, yes, but we can't name every (laughs) name. Thank Queen!
0: So Queen 2 reached number 5 on the UK music charts. Freddie wrote the song Seven Seas of Rye, which hit number 10 on the singles chart, and gave the band its first real
2: hit. So 1974 didn't just bring musical success to Freddie. It also began a friendship which would essentially change Mercury's life. That year, Freddie met DJ Kenny Everett when he invited the other to perform with him on a radio show, Capital London. The two had a lot in common and instantly became friends. Kenny was a homosexual, privately, of course. His wife was well aware of his orientation and even set him up with other men. However, it seems that relationship soured after the divorce because she outed Everett in her 1985 memoir. Which was a whole thing. I didn't put it in here, but it was like a whole... She, like, outed Everett. like it was. It was like one of those well-known secrets, but he was married, so mm-hmm. he could still, like... If he was worried um, about someone finding out, he had his wife, but but she like knew about it. So then, in her her memoir, she outs him, and um, Freddie sides with her in like her her issues with Everett, and so it, like hurt their friendship.
0: And I was gonna say, at least he got outed in the '85. Yeah, but let's be honest, like the '80s were like they weren't she, either, they were Things good didn't either. get good <laughs> until the 2000s.
2: Yeah, really good. Yeah, late 90s you start to see a shift, but like. I the mean, 2000s, like, really. Yeah, exactly, 2000s, really, yeah. The 80s were still shit. That's the, you know, the AIDS epidemic. Ronald Reagan just ignoring the gay community Letting all Letting everyone die. Letting everyone die, yeah. So she outed him. Um, but in 1974, Kenny's sexual leanings were still kept private, except for his closest confidence. He began introducing Freddie to gay <laughs> nightlife, and it is around this time that the budding star began a relationship with a male audio recorder at a local studio. So... I don't know if he had relationships before then. I just know that when he started a friendship with Kenny, you start to see a trail of male lovers. Mm-hmm. It seems that Kenny like op- like opened his eyes to that. He was a mentor to Freddie at least for like the next decade. And then, like I said, when the memoir came out, their re- their friendship broke up for a while. And then they became friends again at the end of Freddie's life, but um, Kenny insisted that they never had a relationship. And we can speculate and say that maybe he didn't know he was bisexual
0: or maybe he knew and he didn't know how to express it. No one knows for sure.
2: Yeah, because the thing about Freddie Mercury, we know that he was at least bisexual. We know that he had relationships with men, but he was very, very private. He didn't give a lot of interviews. He didn't talk about it. And even after he died, the only person that really talked about it was his partner, who we'll discuss later. Um, is like the first person that really came out and confirmed but everyone knew like I don't know I like, think like there was even argument over whether Freddie Mercury was out or not. Right. Like strong arguments among his friends like friends on one side very strongly saying he was not out and other friends very strongly saying he was totally out.
0: And then the thing is you could say the people who were saying he's out maybe he was out to them but maybe he wasn't
2: you know. Out to others. Yeah. I mean. He seems like he was through his
0: life just private yeah. in that re- regard whereas I mean, especially in that time, compared to like now, I mean, a lot of actors and yeah. like musicians and all of that have like sex tapes and everything. Like, you know what's going on. But like back then, I mean.
2: Yeah, we'll talk about it in, in a few like minutes. I put in here why he would have been so um, hesitant, but we'll, we'll come to that. All right. In
0: 1975, the band dropped Sheer Heart Attack, which climbed to number two on the UK billboards and went gold in the United States. Freddie and the boys were now gaining international recognition. Their stardom continued to skyrocket, and in 1975, Queen negotiated a split from Trident and began searching for new representation. They reached out to John Reed, who was already a manager to none other than Elton John. Perfect fit. Later that year, A Night at the Opera was released, which was the most expensive album ever created up until that point, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. The album was so successful that in 2004, the people of Britain voted it the 13th greatest album ever. The biggest success of this album and of Mercury in Queen's career was the masterpiece Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes.
2: So Bohemian Rhapsody is the third best-selling song of all time in Britain. It is beat out only by Candle in the Wind. And Do They Know It's Christmas, which is very odd. People in Britain... Really love the song. Do Well, they know it's, it's probably Christmas. like
0: Mariah Carey's hit here.
2: I'm, sh- you know what? That's true because Mariah Carey's every. I heard. I read. I listened actually, to it already. Oh, me too. <laughs> November first, I was listening to it at six a.m. as I was setting the Christmas in my store. Yep. No, uh, I heard that like it's already like her. Uh, all I want for Christmas for you is always already selling. Not selling out on iTunes, but like one of the highest yeah. selling. You know what's for the year?
0: great? Like she made one song. I mean, she made others, but like yeah. she made this one song, and she never has to worry about anything no. because she gets. So much money every single for year. For like the
2: la- last 25 years, Mariah is just raking in Christmas money. Yep. every. No wonder she loves Christmas so much. she's like, that's payday for her. Right?
0: She gets paid once a year.
2: <laughs> her performance last year. I don't want you to keep shitting on Mariah. I know she had so much shit for that performance. But, but hopefully someone lets her redeem herself this year from that New it, Year's performance. Just- because she didn't care she 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 didn't she she was was done she was like like, i I, already got paid i don't care exactly christmas is over bitches it's new year's i'm not getting paid for this
0: if you want mariah to give a good performance you have to book her for christmas you book her for new year's she's already been paid
2: she's done she's done with the season it's over for her (laughs) and also she's been singing that same goddamn song every year (laughs) she works one month a year Exactly. Hey, that's the way the to goals. Make it I mean, if I, yeah. I could do that, like I would. That's that's the that's a real diva right there. To find a way to only have to work one month of the year, and you know what? She
0: probably only works like four days. Let's be honest.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So kudos <laughs> to you, Mariah. Anyways, so Bohemian Rhapsody also reached number nine in the United States in 1975 and number two in 1992 when it was remastered when a remastered copy was released. So. It hit it, number. it's number nine in 1975, and then like almost 20 years later, it hits number two just because they remastered it a little. It is the only single to ever sell over a million copies twice. Did three there. Many believe it is the greatest song of all time, and now we will play it for you. I'm just kidding. We do not have all day, folks. And we don't want to get sued. <laughs> exactly right. We don't have any rights to that song. No. Paul will sing it for you. Go ahead.
0: Is this the
2: real life? However, no, I, I don't know if we can sing
0: it. I don't want to get in trouble. I think you could sing it. I don't know. I don't want to risk it. No, because
2: anytime you go Christmas caroling, then you would... Is this just fantasy? Like, see, you're not even hitting the right notes, so technically... <laughs> it's not the same song. It's, not, it's, not. it's in all the wrong keys. <laughs> really different. Right. So, uh, however, in addition to its musical success, the song also <laughs> released a music video... This was an unconventional thought at the time and contributed to the already smashing success of Bohemian Rhapsody. Rolling Stone magazine rates the music video as 31 on its list of 50 key events in rock music history. This is their quote. Its influence cannot be overstated. Practically inventing the music video seven years before MTV went on air.
0: They were just doing it.
2: Yeah, Freddie didn't care. So as Freddie Mercury
0: continued to rise in fame... He struggled more with his orientation and desires. The same year, Queen dropped A Day at the Races, their fifth studio album, not Queen 5.
2: Now, the song... yeah, which, um, by the way, A Night at the Opera and A Day at the Races are all uh, both after Marx Brothers um, movies. If you're a Marx Brothers fan, you get it. And if you have no idea what that is, that's because you don't know your movies from the 1930s and 40s. So maybe you should get caught up. Go ahead. Or don't, because Evan doesn't know anything. <laughs> um, so the song, Somebody to Love, and...
0: I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, a- so, and the song. Um, so, in uh, <laughs> the album, A Date at the Races, was the song, Somebody to Love. Freddie Merc- Freddie began coming out as bisexual to his close friends in confidence. Uh, there has been a lot of argument about whether Mercury was out publicly or not. It seems he was very open about his sexuality in the circles he ran in. However, he chose not to really discuss his personal life in interviews and in public. Regardless, there is plenty of evidence of Freddie's orientation, starting with Mary's own testimony. After he came out to her in December, their their romantic relationship ended, but the two would always remain inseparable. And I just want to say that um, for anyone who is mad that he wasn't more vocal about Mm -hmm. his orientation, um, you got to remember the times. Yeah, He could have lost his entire career and been reduced to nothing Yeah, if he came out publicly.
2: Yeah. Which I put in later. I don't know why I put it in so much later. But yes, I did put in, I put in like uh, that he, he s- anti-sodomy laws in England were not repealed until 1969, the late 1960s. So... And we're talking ni- mid-1970s.
0: And also, he's starting to go big in the United States, which mm-hmm. he absolutely would not have done if no. he had been more vocal about his orientation. Yes. So, while it does suck that we didn't have someone in history who would stand up and he, that he couldn't have stood up and been more vocal about it,
2: Yeah. he had to live his life and live his career. Exactly. He I mean it wasn't his fault. I mean it's it's society. Society was deciding to make it legal just that for two men to have sex. We're not even talking about gay marriage. We're not talking about any of that now. We're talking about just having sex with the same sex. Mm-hmm. So, you know, exactly. He would have had to sacrifice everything and if he did, we wouldn't have the amazing music of of Queen. So, you know, he made a choice, and he made, a, he made the right choice, honestly. Safety first. That's what I tell people, safety first. If you can't be visible, good, and if you can't, safety first.
0: And if you can't, your orientation is just as valid as everyone's else.
2: Exactly. So, the 1977 release of News of the World launched the band on a worldwide tour, which, if you're a Family Guy fan, there is an episode where they do a whole episode on the cover about the cover of this, uh, of this, of, of the news of the world. It's the one with the robot that's like destroying the world. It's really good. Okay. Uh, the album itself went platinum four times with hits like We Are the Champions and We Will Rock You continuing on as anthems and sports arenas around the world to today. The band sold out every venue in England and Europe and America and was called the most spectacularly staged and finely honed show by the Los Angeles Times. The next year, Queen dropped Jazz, an album that featured the songs Fat Bottom Girls and Don't Stop Me Now, and they continued their winning streak in 1979 with Live Killers, which went platinum twice. Freddie also wrote the song Crazy Little Thing Called Love. The song topped charts all over the world and held there for a few weeks.
0: Freddie Mercury was unstoppable. The 80s brought even more success to Queen and Mercury with albums The Game, The Game, Queen Rock Montreal, there's the the word again, (laughs) Hot Space, and The Works, released between 1980 and 1985. So he was turning out an album like every year. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Freddie also teamed up with David Bowie to drop the single Under Pressure. Praise, Praise for Mercury's performance style was mounting, as Freddie was known to put on quite the show. Bowie said of Mercury... Of all the more theatrical rock performers, Freddie took it further than the rest. He took it over the edge. And of course, I always admired a man who wears tights. I only saw him in concert once, and as they say, he was definitely a man who could hold an audience in the palm of his hand. How did you only see him once? You have all the money you could have ever want David I, I guess only, he was busy.
2: He was doing his own he thing. He was a right little now. busy. He wasn't he was that a busy. Little busy thing. Also, really hoping that Freddie and David had a chance to hook up. But who knows? Maybe they weren't each other's types. You never know. never know. Despite his abilities on stage, the truth is Freddie saw himself as an introvert. He avoided the press as much as possible and said on one of his rare interviews, When I'm performing, I'm an extrovert. Yet inside, I'm a completely different man. One of his most spectacular performances came at the 1985 Live Aid Show. This was an annual benefit that ran for many many decades as a (laughs) rate... as a way to raise money for starving communities around the world. In 1985, the focus was on Ethiopia, and organizers were riding on the success of the song, Do They Know It's Christmas?, which was created specifically for the cause. Queen's performance at the show has been voted as the greatest live performance in the history of rock music.
0: Ah, 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 ah. They were top on the charts everywhere. They were doing their thing. Everything that they did. Literally.
2: Everything that Freddie Mercury touched from, like, 1973 to 18... To 18? 1973 to, like, 86 was just, like... He couldn't lose. Right. Yeah.
0: So sometime in the mid-80s, Freddie met Jim Hutton, the second love of his life. Not as much is known about Freddie and Jim... Though public seem, though the public seemed to know about Jim, Freddie was always discreet concerning their relationship and would keep his distance from Jim at public events. It is important to remember... Oh. This is where I was saying. Okay, wait. So as we were saying, it's important to remember that sex between two men had been legalized in Britain just over 15 years earlier, um, and many countries around the world still had strict anti-sodomy laws. So you had to be safe and protect Mm -hmm. your career and your livelihood and your life yes so that included the united states which actually didn't federally rule out all sodomy laws until 2003 2003
2: 15 years ago people yeah 2003 (laughs) you were you were still you you were born you you were living whenever the last anti you were probably living when the last anti-sodomy laws were ruled out
0: And that is when the Supreme Court ruled against the state of Texas in Lawrence v. Texas. So it's understandable why Freddie would be cautious about his orientation.
2: Yeah, so again, yeah, so this whole thing of, like, um, people could just live openly and do what they wanted, they couldn't. And even if you're like, well, socially, people were okay with it, the entire, like, the Supreme Court had to rule on this for a reason. Because some asshole was still trying to pass, was still trying to imprison people for hooking up. So in 2003, so clearly the discrimination that passed. People who use it and the resources in Texas today are still so limited. I, you know, I've talked to people there, had a, someone reach out to me who was struggling in Texas to find resources and I tried to help them and it was very hard. It was very hard. So, um, and of course there's a whole, that's where the, um, the entire uh, trans, Bathroom bills really started. People think North Carolina, but that's just where it like exploded on the national mm-hmm. stage. The entire reason why we have bathroom bills is because of Texas. Anyways, good for you, Texas. Hanging on to those old days. All right.
0: Not going to last much longer. You got nope. that caravan coming to take your land.
2: <laughs> right? Well, you know, Trump's in out. All his troops. It's amazing how he's got money and troops to uh, send down to the caravan, but he still can't get uh, Puerto Rico power. But that's okay. That's fine. It's amazing how you have money for what you fucking want to have money for. Right? Yeah. Yes.
0: So despite the danger and their own personal ups and downs with Freddie's wandering eye, the two were very much in love. Jim was awestruck by Freddie's amazing stage persona and was able to witness the live aid performance from backstage. But he was equally taken with the quiet man at home. He loved his cats. I'd get him from work. We'd lie together on the sofa. He would massage my feet and ask about my day. How do you get... David will not massage my feet. How do you get uh, that? What do I got to do? I massage Samantha's feet all the time.
2: What do I got to do? What does she do for you that I don't do for David? It's not that she does things. You know what she does? I sit there on the couch and she gets in there and she just puts her feet in my lap. And then she like looks at me and she's like, oh, honey. And then I just massage her feet. I mean she's a teacher. She's standing all day long. I stand at
0: my standing desk
2: all day long. I don't know. I have you asked David to her. Yes, your and he will not do it. He'll do <laughs> no he does this. He's like you're there you go. massaging my... <laughs> and it's literally like oh, a quarter of a second. I will say, Samantha so does do that to me sometimes. Like, I will massage, I will sit there during a the whole show massaging her feet. Yeah. And then I'll be like, can you rub my back? And she really wants to, but she gets so distracted that she'll rub my back for like three seconds and then she'll stop.
0: No. And I'm like... We'll lay and we'll watch something on Netflix or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'll like, you know, go like this to his head for like literally the whole show. So like an hour. Yeah. And then back. I'll be like, can you rub, can you like scratch my back? Can you rub my back? And he's literally like... It's literally not even a whole second everyone I'm not even joking It's literally (laughs) like a half a second And it's done
2: There's just every relationship You've got the masseuse And you've got the person And sometimes I really want my Like my
0: background Of course yes And
1: it just doesn't happen
0: But it's fine It's it's fine (laughs) Where was I at?
1: You you get really just
2: Like upset and triggered Because uh Because Freddie was such a good foot massager
0: So perhaps the two would have stayed together For many more years But sadly didn't Freddie did not have much longer
2: so in 1986, rumors began to swirl that Freddie Mercury had been diagnosed with HIV or AIDS. However, Jim Hutton claims Freddie was not actually diagnosed until April of 1987. So Freddie would go and he would get regular testing. And it, we don't really know, but Jim, I mean, Jim says that he didn't get an actual diagnosis until April. But there was a rumor that broke. The, bank went, uh, the band went on its final tour in 1986 and released the album A Kind of Magic. In September of 1987, Freddie celebrated his 41st birthday at Pike's Hotel in Ibiza. What is it with Ibiza? There's something that goes know. on there, but like everybody's going there. I mean, Mike, what's Posner mm-hmm. he has a an entire song about it. Let's so go. I think you. We need to go really do research, rich. huh?
0: We need to do research.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm sure we can get there. Over 700 people were in attendance for Freddie's birthday party. The star continued to make some public appearances, but his gaunt frame was becoming more and more noticeable. In 1989, The Miracle was released, followed by Innuendo in 1991, two more albums. On February 18, 1990, Freddie appeared at the Brit Awards to receive an award with Queen for outstanding contribution to music. Though his haggard looks were the talk of the town, Freddie continued to deny that he was sick.
0: In June of 1991, Freddie officially ended his time with Queen. He was in enormous pain and chose to hasten his end by refusing to take his medication. He retired to his home in Ke- He retired to his home in Kensington, London. Mary Austin and Jim Hutton were by his side continuously. Even though Mary had moved on and married someone else, she was still Freddie's closest and dearest friend. On November 22nd, 1991, Freddie's manager, Jim Beach, released this statement to the news. Following the enormous conjecture in the press over the last two weeks, I wish to confirm that I have been tested HIV positive and have AIDS. I felt it correct to keep this information private to date to protect the privacy of those around me. However... The time has come now for my friends and fans around the world to know the truth, and I hope that everyone will join with me, my doctors, and all those worldwide in the fight against this terrible disease. My pri- my privacy has always been very special to me, and I am famous for my lack
2: of interviews. Please understand this policy will continue. So, and again, people, it's the same thing as Rock Hudson, where people are like, if you'd only come out back three years, four years earlier when we heard about this, you could have been an advocate for AIDS. But then again, does he have, is he required to like spend the last four years of his life fighting? You right. Know, speaking? He,
0: I, yeah, at, especially at that time, he, you know, he spent the last four years of his life relaxing and recovering mm. i mean he still was doing things but like yeah, but not, he yeah. you know that was his time his time is his time mm. he is not required to do anything yeah yes it, it would have been nice if he could have been an advocate but at the same time his time is his
2: time exactly he has that choice and he has a right to make that choice right you know so two days later after the press release freddie mercury died of bronchial pneumonia which was brought on by aids He passed on November 24th, 1991, and his funeral was held on November 27th. The service was overseen by a (laughs) Zoroastrian priest. Same word. And his ashes were given to Mary Austin, who disposed of them in an unknown location, per Freddie's wishes. Nobody will ever know where he was buried because that is what he wished, she once said. He wanted it to remain a secret, and it will remain so. Upon his death, Freddie left the majority of his estate to Mary, though he did leave about $1 million to Jim, who used the money to move back to his home in Ireland and published the book titled Mercury and Me. He also left money to his chef, his chauffeur, and um, just some of the other people that worked for him. Like, he left about the same amount of money, actually. So it wasn't even that Jim got an exceptional amount of Mm -hmm. money. Like, he left about a million dollars to all the people that were immediately closest to him. Um, and then Jim tried to stay in, um, in Freddie's house, but Mary kicked him out. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if Did she, they get along? Hmm. Did you, did I you see Again, like, not a lot of information. I didn't read Mercury and Me, so I'm sure that Jim hadn't elaborated more in his book. Um, but, uh, yeah, it does not it, it didn't say at all, like, in the, the, the stuff that I found, I didn't say anything about Mary and Jim. I mean, clearly they, like, Mary was a part of... Freddie's, like, everyday life up until the very end. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, Jim lived with him for the last seven years of his life. So, I don't know if Mary was just like, okay, you need to move on now. Or, yeah. or like, what? We'll
0: so never know. We won't know. Well, maybe it says it in the book.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, maybe if you check out uh, Mercury and Me by Jim Hutton, you can read all that. And I it.
0: will have a link to that on our website on the page. So, if you look, just go to yourqueerstory.com, click on the newest mm-hmm. episode. I'll have a link right there. You can... Look, it'll be on Amazon. Yeah. In 1995, Queen released an album which, which posthumously featured Freddie. It was titled Made in Heaven. In all, Freddie Mercury was part of 18 albums, two solo, and, uh, which did not include the two greatest hit albums. So 20 albums, but two of them were just... Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: He performed in over 700 concerts, which that's a whole lot of fucking concerts. That's ridiculous. Um, and wrote a majority of the songs that Queen recorded. The band has since been inducted into numerous halls of fame across Europe and America and was presented with the Grammys Lifetime Achievement Award. There is a 10-foot statue of Mercury in Switzerland and a star in West London. In addition, the band Queen established the Mercury Phoenix Trust, which has raised millions of dollars for various AIDS foundations around the world.
2: Which apparently, back to that 10-foot statue, um in Switzerland there's like some kind of Mercury Fest every year and fans of the band Queen go there and like have a party around the statue or near there. That's pretty cool. So the impact that Freddie Mercury had on music is monumental. His legacy has continued on for the last 27 years and shows no sign of slowing down. While we may wonder how he would have evolved had he been allowed to be open about his queerness, he still managed to inspire countless queer individuals who followed him. You know, the thing about Freddie Mercury is, as quiet and private as he was... He was still really fucking queer, and everyone knew it. Like Right, he
0: just never said it.
2: Yeah, you might not know the specifics, but you knew that Freddie Mercury was queer. Yeah. So your recommended resources today are to listen to his albums on Spotify. They're all on there. And if you want, you can let us know which Queen album is your favorite. Go to our... Tweet us at Your Queer Story. Tweet us at Your Queer Story. Let us know what your favorite is. You can also check out the books Mercury and Me by Jim Hutton. Also the book Mercury, an intimate biography of Freddie Mercury by Leslie Ann Jones. That is the actual definitive biography of the artist. There's a lot of books out there that you could check out, but that if you want one that's the most correct, that's the one. Or you could check out the latest movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, in theaters now. Though it has been stated that it straight washes Freddie. So that was my one thing. So when the movie like first started to drop, critics were very harsh of it. Like, very harsh about it. But then the public has loved it. So,
0: But has the general public loved it? Has the queer public loved it? I haven't done much yeah. looking into the movie.
2: I almost went to go see the movie today, and then I didn't. I, I, w- I wanted to do it for research, but then I just also didn't have two and a half hours of You've my life. You've been very
0: to busy do. too. I have.
2: So um, I mean, what I found again, and this is from like some queer reporters that I follow, they said the same thing. They were the outrage is that it just straight washes. Um, it straight washes, uh, Freddie. Like it talk. It's really good about the band Queen, but when it comes to Freddie Mercury, even though it gives him his eccentric personality. Like, it barely touches on the story of Jim Hutton. Like, it just mentions he was queer in passing. It doesn't... But he was such... He's such an iconic queer figure. Like, I don't understand why. It should have been
0: central to the movie. Or not not
2: necessarily central, but it should have been... A strong theme. A strong theme, correct. It should have been a strong theme. So that would be the one thing. Like, so the general public does love it. Queer critics are very much against it. I think it depends, honestly. If you're straight, you'll probably love the movie. And if you're gay, you'll probably still enjoy it. But you will notice that, you know, they they could have talked about it.
0: So, remember to check out our YouTube and our Mm -hmm. our Patreon for new videos. Yes. Um, Because that's where we put all of our extra content.
2: Yeah. You can also listen to the podcast on YouTube if you don't have other resources. Which, if you're listening to this, I guess you have some way to listen to it. But um, I did... So, um, my... Old transition videos are up on YouTube to the public. You can watch my newer, my newest transition videos will only be available to Patreons for the first few months, and then those will slowly drop in. So if you want to keep up to date, follow us on Patreon. Only three dollars a month. But uh, if you want to go back and see some of my old stuff, this is um, this is my testosterone, so my medical transition, which is also ties in my social transition. But um, if you want to check that out, you can, you can see some of the older videos from when I first started my medical transition. So um, uh, thanks for listening, QueerStions. Yes, we love you, our allied hookers and our suckling sapphists. And
0: don't get a lobotomy, you homos. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story.
0: Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory.
1: And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory.
0: See you next week. Bye. Bye.